Welcome. My name is Douglas Lodmel, your asset protection attorney. And um, I have a client question. I'm getting actually several of these, so there'll be more than one of these podcasts and uh, that are answering client questions. And if you have a question yourself or just a topic you'd like me to discuss, please email me. Uh, my email, as you all know, is doug at lodmel.com, and I'll be happy to talk about it if I have anything interesting to say. If I don't, I'll email you back and say, I have nothing interesting to say. But with the number of clients I have and the number of points of reference, um, I usually know a little bit about everything that my clients ask me. So here's a very interesting one. So one of my clients asked, you know, what would be better for me to invest in? Municipal bonds, the S&B 500 index, or a whole life insurance policy. Um, and again, investments are not my area. I'm not licensed to give advice in investments. That's not what I do as an attorney. However, um, and I sent him back basically a response saying that very thing. He emailed me back and said, I'm not asking for your advice as a financial advisor. I'm asking for your opinion based on your clients and what you've seen. Well, that's a question I can answer. And it's an interesting one. Um, and, and, and to stated even more accurately, what he said is, of your richest clients, what do they invest in? And and I think that's really kind of the $64,000 question, right? I mean, what do the most successful people I know of invest in? Well, the answer is still, it depends. But it is a function of a couple of things. Number one, the, the richest clients I have, and I'm, I'm going to put this in context. We're not talking about the people who've sold their business for $100 million and now they're, they're cashing out. Those are the richest. And, and what they did is they built a business and they sold it. Of, for the rest of us, the ones that are working and saving and don't have a big exit, um, you know, a, a type of exit that you might get um, from a private equity firm, for the rest of us, the, the ones that have the most retirement funds, you know, $5 million of liquid assets or more in retirement funds, which I consider pretty significant for somebody who's, you know, hasn't sold a company. The thing that they did that was better than their counterparts is not actually what they invested in. It's what they saved. Your savings is the number one component of your ultimate amount of money. So let me say, say it again. If you and I both start practicing at the age of 25 after we get out of school and we practice for the next 30 or 40 years and you save your age every year and I don't and I invest in you know really great stocks but I invest just a little bit let's say I invest $10,000 a year and you invest um, uh, $25,000 the first year 26 the next year and you know now that you're 50 you're investing 50 a year and I'm still just investing 10000 a year, even if I pick much better investments, you're still going to win the game because you have consistently added to it. Not only that, you've given yourself the capacity to do something called dollar cost average. So if you do choose the stock market, which um, I will also say my most successful uh, uh, investors, clients that who, who invest, have some component of equity exposure. I mean, it just makes sense. And the younger you are, the higher the exposure. So if you're 50 today and you're still going to work till you're 75 and you have a 25-year window, that's a long time. I personally, and I'm speaking for myself, um, I would invest in equities because I feel like I have enough time and I have enough income coming in for the next 25 years that I can withstand the ups and downs of equities. 
Additionally, if I'm saving every year and I'm dollar costing into that equity portfolio, some years I'm going to pay a really high price and for, for my, any particular stock I, I buy. Some years I'm going to pay much less because the market is down. And frankly, that's good. So right now the market is really high as I'm happening to give this podcast. Um, I mean, it's just off the charts. So buying right now, well, you know, it's great for your existing portfolio, but buying into it, it seems expensive. But if you're dollar costing, you, you do it anyway. You just buy into it and you just keep going. Next year, if the market is down 10 or 20% and it's time to buy in, well, you just buy in again. And over the years, you're going to get a very good average price for your stocks. Now, that doesn't still answer the question, you know, what should I invest in stocks, municipal bonds, or, or you know, insurance policies? Well, the answer is it should be a mix. Uh, it's, it's pretty dangerous to have all one thing. Um, and it, even within the stock or the equity portfolio, you can have a mix. You can have dividend-paying stocks that are fairly stable. Um, or you could have, you know, tech stocks that are that are really not paying any dividend and are designed for your portfolio to hit a home run and have, you know, I mean, if you were in Tesla even a year ago, it seemed expensive to me a year ago and now it's tripled. So, you know, what do I know? And I think no one really knows. I think a strategy, though, that accounts for all the possible variations of what can happen in the ups and downs of, of all the investing is what is going to win the game. And I'm going to go back to it, a consistent savings plan. So on that point, I want to say something positive about life insurance investments. Um, there are life insurance investments, whole policies or blended policies that have a savings component. What I've learned is that you're not getting a big return on those. Sometimes it's 2% or 3% or 4%. Um, when I first bought a Northwestern Mutual blended policy 25 years ago, um, I remember the dividend being around 6%. When I reviewed it recently, the dividend was less than 4 It's just, you know, the interest rates are low and, and that type of investment doesn't pay a lot. However, over the years, it forced me to save. And every month I saw that debit coming out of my account um, and it provided some life insurance in case something happened to me and it also provided an investment. Um, lo and behold, 25 years later, I look up and wow, there's actually a pot of money there. That's significant. So I'm positive about life insurance as a forced savings vehicle. It's not a great return vehicle because it just doesn't provide great returns. It's not designed to provide great returns. It's designed to give you stability. It's designed to kind of force you to save because you have to make that payment without otherwise, you know, your policy starts having problems. Um, on the, the second two options, which is municipal bond portfolio, um, I, I have to say, you know, I worked for many years with Greg Stanley, who is a big proponent of municipal bonds. I have seen many clients follow that strategy exclusively, and I have seen them be extremely successful. Again, the biggest component of that strategy was to save. And Greg used to have a saying, save your age. So if you're 40, save $40,000 a year. If you're 50, save $50,000 a year. Um, and if you do that early enough, saving your age is going to get you there. If you don't start saving your age until you're 50, it's not going to get you there. Saving $50,000 a year starting at age 50 is going to put you short. So you may need to increase that. And again, all depends on the amount of money you need when you retire, etc. But um, I, I feel like those, those clients that I've seen and watched that were consistent and every year put money into their municipal bond portfolio, they did excellent. 
and they had simple returns with no taxes on the bonds. Um, interest rates have gone down, which meant their bond for- portfolio went up over the years. So I can say nothing bad about that strategy. I've seen it work extremely well. Um, the final one he asked about was the S&P 500 index. I think index funds are fantastic because they mirror the market. They're very low cost. So you can pay one or one and a half percent to a money manager who oftentimes won't do any better than the S&P 500 index, which costs you almost nothing to invest in. So um, I, I am a fan of equities. Um, I believe, especially if you're if you're if you've still got you know 15 or 20 or 25 years left to earn money, equities are good because we've all seen what's happened in the last 25 years. You know, when I graduated law school, Google was just going public. I, you know, I, I look back now and only wish I had bought you know 100 shares of Google. Um, and you know, 25 years is enough time to withstand the ups and downs of things. So again. I'm answering the question, not what you, what should you invest in? Because I don't know. And I'm not a financial advisor. I'm answering the question. What have I seen my most successful clients invest in and how did they get to where they are now? Number one, a consistent savings plan, save regularly, make that a priority. Don't wait to save. If you do that, it doesn't really matter what you invest in Two, look at your age look at you know what your goals are and how long you're going to be able to continue to, to save and pick a portfolio that is going to reflect that. I think um, all three of the choices that my client asked about, the S&P 500 index, um, whole life insurance, and municipal bonds are all a great component. And frankly, I would do all three. I, I really would. I'd, I'd have some component of all three and I'd weight it based on what kind of returns and what kind of time frame I have. Now, how would I go about figuring this out? Well, I wouldn't call me because I'm not a financial advisor. I would find a financial advisor who does understand this stuff. I'm not saying that's an easy job. Um, financial advisors are come in many different you know, levels of skill and experience, but there are some really good ones out there. And if you find a really good one, they can help you design a portfolio that is going to reflect what you want. The other option is do it yourself. Um, if you're the type of person that has that capacity to do the research, then you can do it yourself. Um, I have many clients that do do it themselves. Some of the most successful ones do it themselves. Um, and again, what I've seen is they've picked a fairly straightforward strategy. They buy municipal bonds, they buy an S&P 500 index, and they have you know a couple million dollars of whole life insurance. You don't really need a financial advisor if those are the three things you're gonna do. You, you need somebody to buy the bonds for you because buying and selling bonds is not a amateur's game. Um, but you can manage the S&P 500 index yourself. And if you have money consistently going in every month would be my recommendation, month after month, I think you're gonna find that you're gonna look up in five and 10 years and go, wow, this is working for me. So I hope that answers the question. Uh, it's a really great question. This is a, one of the longer podcasts I've done, but it really deserves uh, this much attention because if you get this right, it's the difference between retiring at the age that you want with enough money to where you're going to make it way, way out um, and not. And, and so um, on that last point, the, uh, the age that we can all expect to live is going up. Um, technology is bringing it up. There's so many reasons to believe that you don't need to just save enough money to make it to 90. I think we should all be saving enough money to make it well past 100. And if we don't, great, we have extra money. And if we do, 
great. We've, we've saved enough to make it. Um, I also want to say one thing about the concept of retiring in practice. This is also Greg Stanley from Whitehall Management's concept. And basically what he said is, hey, if you're ready to retire, but you are in a position where you can just work a couple of days a week or even a few days a month and keep enough income coming in so that you're not actually touching that retirement savings, you are going to extend out the time that you can um, live comfortably because you're not starting it so early. Um, I think the, the idea of retiring at age 65 in today's day and age when your, your odds of living to 100 are very good um, is, is kind of um, too premature. I think it's too early. I certainly don't plan on retiring when I'm 65. Um, I'd like to work till I'm 80 um, and comfortably and happily and with the level of work I want. I plan on retiring in practice, meaning continuing to talk with my clients while transitioning my business to a, you know, a, a successor that can take on the heavy lifting and I can still work and still have income coming in and not touch that retirement savings um, until really, really I'm ready to stop. I hope this has really been helpful for you. It's a big topic. It might have uh, spawned a few more questions. If you do have more questions around this or you want me to dive in deeper on any particular issue, don't hesitate. Just shoot me an email. I hope this has been really helpful. And remember, it's your money. Act like it. My name is Douglas Lodmel, and we'll see you next time.